Connors T, how are ye? Welcome to the Candlelit Tales podcast. Each week we tell an Irish myth with music and we have a chat about it in the next episode. My name is Aaron and I'm here with my sister, Sorica Hegarty. And we are dedicating this month of February to the goddesses in honour of Bridget's Feast in Bullock. This week we are listening to a goddess story told by Sorica. This podcast is brought to you thanks to our Patreon supporters. Links and descriptions are below and to hear about new gigs, courses or latest news, go to candletales.ie or follow us on any social media at candletales. Now, hey Sorica, tell us the story, will you? There is something about the goddess. All of the goddesses. Something that's fluid. Something that slips through your finger when you try to catch it. Something that's missing. Or feels like it's missing. So many goddesses give their names to the rivers. Boan and Shannon, and the great river of Europe, named for Danu, or Anu. And her name might mean something about the waters of life, or it might not. Like so many things about the goddess, the knowledge has slipped away. And perhaps that is something that is done to a goddess. There are those who are always made uncomfortable by such power and such presence and such formlessness around it, such confusion. Tripled creatures of contradiction, beings of great beauty and great strength, Beings of creation and destruction all at once, of love and hate and everything in between. There have always been those who are far too uneasy with such contradictions, who will seek to suppress, who will seek to destroy. But there is something about the goddess that cannot be suppressed cannot be forgotten, cannot be destroyed. The river might change course, but the water stays the same. It still flows. It has its own nature. It has its own power. It has its own strength. And so for every time that we forget the goddess, forget her name we find her anew and we tell stories that are oddly similar to the stories we told about the goddess before though she might have a different name we might give her a different face she is still in her essence the same as the river that flows in and out of all her mothers and all her sisters and all her daughters the goddess flows ever changing ever the same perhaps it has nothing to do with being forgotten 
or destroyed. Perhaps it is part of the nature of the goddess herself, less bound by form than other beings, more fluid and more powerful for it. And this amnesia that creeps over us again and again, perhaps that is a part of her power and not a diminution of it. There was a great goddess and her name is barely remembered. It was Anu or Danu and her name remains on great waterways of Europe and her name remains on the tribe of the people who came to Ireland. Masters of magic Druids and shapeshifters who slipped between worlds as easily as we slip between rooms. The people of the goddess they were called. The Tua de Danan. The people of Danu. And she was theirs and they were hers. Or so it seems. Though what rites they practiced, what prayers they said, if any, we do not remember. She left her name tied to a people. And it was daughters of her people who left their name tied to the land. This land, surrounded by waters, crisscrossed by rivers, where lakes sprang forth to welcome new people, new arrivals, a land that moulds itself to the shape of the foot that is pressed into it, a land that is as fluid as water. The people of the goddess, the people of Danu, They call this land Inishfall, the island of destiny. And they ruled here long, long ago. They won the land in battle from their cousins, the Firbolg, and then again from the Fomorians. A different people, though not so different. They intermarried, they mingled their blood, and as often as they warred, they married. The last kings of the Tuatadanan were brothers, and their names were Makul and Makekt and Makrenya, the son of the wood, the son of the plough, the son of the sun. And they were married, each of them, to three sisters, Banba. Fola and Eru and each of these goddesses believed herself to be the one who ruled supreme and each of them was right in her own way Banba was the warrior at home in the wild places in the forests 
that her husband ruled in the high hills and the bare mountain sides she roamed and held dominion and if you were to challenge her in her place of power nothing could stand against Banba not in the wilds with a weapon in her hands for she was faster swifter, stronger than any who came before her The bride of the son of the plough was Fola. And if she faced Banba in the wild woods, Banba would indeed overcome her, for Fola was not one who placed great stock in physical prowess. Fola was a goddess of civilization. Hers was the place of the plough, the tame places, the places where people meet and mingle, and in these places, Fola was the queen, undisputed. And if you came before Fola in her place of power, she did not need weapons to cut you down. She could kill you with a look. She could wither you with a word. She could elevate you with a smile. None would challenge Fola in her court and survive it. And in the high places, Eru ruled with the son of the sun. From the hilltops of Tara and Ishnok, bringing together all of those, the wild and the civilized, all the peoples of that land in harmony transcending their divisions reminding them of what united them no one would so much as think of challenging Eru it simply would not cross your mind you might think of it a day or two later and wonder why you'd had the intent and there she was and she did not seem so terrifying in hindsight but in the presence of Eru you would be struck by something something difficult to name but her presence had a power that did not weaken you but made you stronger made you feel as though she saw and understood you made you realize that you had no need of challenging her made you want to give her your heart and your soul and your loyalty When the time of the Tuatha came to an end, as the time of all peoples eventually come to an end, Makul, Makakt, and Magrania killed an innocent man. They feared him, feared that his flattery of their land disguised a wicked intent. 
and in retaliation, his sons and grandsons sent an invading force. And the Tuatha Danann knew they were fighting a losing battle. Their magics were strong, but these newcomers were stronger. And the great bloodshed that would ensue was something they wanted no part of. And so at first they tried to keep the strangers at bay sending storms to push them back. But the newcomers had magic of their own, and the sons of Mill made their landing and came to the plain of Taltu for the final reckoning. And on their way they met three women one after another. They met Banba first, and she told them she would give them her aid in the battle to come, if they made a promise to her that they and their descendants would call the land after her. And to this the sons of Mill agreed, And then they met Fola, and she made them the same offer, that she would aid their cause if they named the island after her. And again, the sons of Mill agreed. And at last, Arishnak, they met Eru, who told them that she would give them her aid in the battle to come if they named their island after her. And the sons of Mill agreed. And when they lined up in their armies to face off against the great Tua de Danann, there was a mist and a shimmer and suddenly that army was gone and the sons of Mill inherited this new land a haunted land where the people of the goddess dwelled under every hill especially those that are unnaturally smooth and round, in every wild place, in every waterway, there was the shadow of the she, the people of the goddess, the people of the other world. And they gave those names to the land. Eru, they called it in their daily speech. Eru, the down through the years, flowed and changed its shape until it became Erin, until it became Ireland. 
and Banba and Fola, the secret names, the names that poets use, the names of the wise, still held, still whispered. And so their names remain, the names of the goddesses, like the names of the rivers, and the names of the land, and the names that are public, and the names that are secret, the names of the goddesses, all that remain to us. the names flow like a river, ever young, ever old, ever renewing, the names that are the rivers, that are the goddesses, flowing from that first goddess, who might have been the water of life might have been the waters of all creation, might have been nothing more than a mistake of a word, or might have been everything and anything in between. All goddesses begin and end with her. Danu. This podcast was produced and edited by Rory O'Shea and Oshin Ryan. You can find out more about us at our website, candlelittales.ie. And we're on all the social media as well. So like us and follow us on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter at Candlelittales or send us a message to get onto our mailing list. For more videos and live streams, like and subscribe to our Candlelit Tales YouTube channel, which now has a Candlelit Tales for Kids playlist. Hashtag Candlelittletales. Liking and subscribing to our channel really helps us grow and gets us out to more people. And if you'd be able to give us a little bit more direct support, you can chip in a few bob at patreon.com forward slash Candlelittales or make a one-off donation through the PayPal button on our website. We really like to hear back from you with your questions and requests, so please feel free to contact us directly or leave your question in the comments section below. Because what we really want to do is get these stories out there, share them with as many people as possible. So anything you can do to help, we really appreciate. And we really especially appreciate you just listening. Till next time. You.